All right, I want to welcome you to the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema interview series. Uh, I am John Fallon, your host of the Indie Film NYC podcast. I'm here today with uh, my host, my uh, co-host. I'm Craig Horsley, and we're at the Atee's Organic Coffee and Tea Shop on Metropolitan Avenue in Kew Gardens. And we're here uh, now speaking with John. Joe Mignon. Oh, Joe Mignon. Um, I'm the, uh, honored to be, to be showing my film Trafficking tomorrow at the Queens Museum at 4.30. Um, Trafficking is a feature that I wrote, produced, and directed, well, co-produced, um, back in um, Los Angeles uh, 20 years ago um, in, uh, in the spring and summer of, of 97. Um, it said in the information about the film uh, that I read that it was filmed in 1999, but I think you guys got that off of uh, IMDb, which was wrong. In fact, the film was... Uh, coincidentally completed the editing in August of 97 so um, it is very coincidentally the 20th year to the month anniversary of its completion and okay so how did 20 years go by and this film never got shown never saw the light of day um, basically it's just because it's so weird I mean really and there's no stars in it I mean that's the, that's the, the short answer it's a weird film I'm, 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 I own that uh, it, it's like makes a racer head look like Mary Poppins or something. I mean, I don't know. It's like maybe maybe that's not true, but it's my it's my film that I really I really believe in. It's it totally documents my state of mind at the time and I get it. Um, I don't know it's going to be everyone's cup of tea. Some people really get it, but it's one of those films like you either get it or you don't, or you're with it, or you're not. Um, in this case, basically distributors didn't really get it and so I was stuck in this limbo of finishing the film in post-production post-production didn't happen film was shot in 16 millimeter and uh, it was then we didn't have a distributor in place that's always ideal but sometimes you just barge ahead and just see what the next step will bring so we didn't worry about that um, I just wanted to make it and get it shot and edited and uh, so uh, around August uh, we had found this great editor, Dennis O'Connor. The film itself, the celluloid, was transferred, was digitized so that he could edit on an Avid. I was with him the whole time. And took uh, the month of August, um, little from like between middle of July to the middle of August. Then it was output on a, a VHS tape. That's called a telecine. A, every, a lot of people who are going to be listening to this know what a telecine is, but for those of you who don't, it means that the output from the Avid edit of a film. That means the negative is still sitting in the vault, not cut, um, which is then what usually would happen. Based on the telecine, you bring it to a negative cutter, and they A and B roll it, and they sound mix. They, they do color timing. You lay in the soundtrack, original co composer, and uh, or whatever whatever songs you have in mind, and you you uh, get an optical print, and uh, then you could run it through a projector and show it like that. <laughs> All that last stuff I talked about never occurred because we couldn't afford it, and we were hoping that based on the telecine, take it around and um, some distributor, some small distributor, maybe starting out, will take it on. Um, and the, the sad truth is, it was just too weird. The first thing they would ask before they even see it is who's in it. And sure. this is like, you know, the late 90s. And I don't know if it's any different now, but everything's, you know, movie business is very celebrity oriented. It always, always helps. That's why people go after them to try to, you know, market the movie easier. We had it's nobody known. Easier uh, to get the, your movie out there when there's a name that they can hang it Right. On. Anything. They just try to, but, and, and, you know, it's sort of 
technically, you know, in this genre, uh, but it isn't really. If you see the film, it's it's not really a detective movie. It's really so. Talk a little bit know. about the themes of the movie. Like, what was the film a reaction to anything? You said it was very much your state of mind yeah. at the time. Let's talk about just the movie itself uh, more than the process. Yeah, the movie um, I wrote in January, and it just kind of felt so good purging something that like. Um, I was this like this intense feeling that I was uh, came you know was roiling within me that um, I don't know I had to just you know get out in this way and I felt like like I I kind of almost I don't know a lot of things were going through my mind I'll tell you this which is interesting and this has never happened before with anything I've ever written but right before I wrote the movie I was on a meditation retreat in Northern California a long one you know so. I was still in this head after this meditation retreat of, you know, trying to kind of go very deep. I think it was a, it was a wonderful, blissful feeling. And I was that, that every t I stayed in that, you know, just zoned into this kind of like, woo, woo, you know, woo-woo kind of um, feeling like I'm actually closer to reality in a strange way than distracted by all And I kept myself pretty much, you know, um, you know, away from away from busyness mm -hmm. as I was writing this was writing this. So I'm just just for what it's worth. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting. Um, so basically, uh, I'm living in LA. I've always loved the private detective genre, especially in literature. You know, mm -hmm. Remy Chandler. I, I just and I think LA. I'm from New York, but I you know I moved to LA and I, I just see it through the eyes of a lot of this this film noir detective stuff, Chinatown, and, right. and then those those great movies from the 40s. So I love that. I just love that genre, and LA is the setting for that. It just is, and you know, um, just the way like like when I wrote *Vampire's Kiss*, it wasn't really a vampire movie, but I was using this genre, you know, for its tropes to kind of just get out all this craziness inside my head. I, I basically did this with trafficking. I mean, I just I thought this would be the great sort of way to get into something and I just appeals to me a private detective like I worked for a private detective for a little while in, in New York and um, and I just I actually it was one of the, 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 the I swear to God it was like the, the profession you know when you're growing up and your kids say what do you want to do when you grow up and I, I said I said private detective I my parents really right away try to talk me out of it you know they just oh you watch too many movies you know you just like it's not like that in movies you know these guys are basically just ex-cops and it's just like they just like try to get information from people and pay. Right. They knew. I mean, they're not, but they sort of knew it wasn't like the movies. You know? <laughs> but anyway, also by the way, Long Goodbye was absolutely one of my still one of my absolute favorite movies. In fact, when I first moved to LA, I looked at that apartment that Elliot Gould lives in okay. in The Long Goodbye, which is on High Tower Road behind the Hollywood Bowl. I couldn't afford it, but it was available. Wow. But I found it. You know, I was like, oh my god. And, you know, I guess I also just like the long goodbye. I love that idea of a guy just wearing like a black suit, very sure. simple, seems out of time, out of place somehow. So all of this appealed to me, this kind of, you know, mm -hmm. genre and then seeing where it would go. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a traditionalist by any means. I'm not inter interested in conventional narrative strategies. I mean, I don't have anything against them, but it's not where this wanted to go. Right. Where, where wanted to go besides private detective movies other things on my mind you know I mean and this is going to sound like um, you know maybe a little pretentious but I, I swear to God I'm sitting there in LA and um, well 
um, this is going to really sound horrible, but, but right before, like, right, my sister died, and then four months later, my mother killed herself. So I'm, I'm basically in this very strange, alienated place mm -hmm. right before I make trafficking. I mean, you know, I'd go to people's dinner parties, and I'm thinking about all this, and they like, so pass the salt. And, and I, I was just like, uh, you know, uh, I, what, what am I even doing here? I shouldn't even be in the same room with these people. They're having right. fun. And, and so I became quite detached, and I would go out to the desert. Mm -hmm. Which factors into, right, that's and that's before I went on the meditation retreat, you know. But I would just, I needed to kind of pull myself away from the world, like just deeply. So then I come back, and then, um, so I'm thinking about, all right, I'm this guy from New York. I'm, I'm really in, the, you know, I've lost two people. I'm feeling like, what the fuck? Like, you, I could do anything. Like, like you getting to that place where you're so bottomed out mm -hmm. gives you this feeling of do whatever you want. Life is short. Right. Do whatever you want. You know, don't worry about pleasing other people. Just whatever's going to make you happy. And I remember those days. I was thinking a lot about how, like, um, like when I was in film school. You know, I had Andrew Saris as a teacher, and he would. He would show films like by Carl Dreyer and Brisson and Ozu, and there were these sense of like um, there were these filmmakers in in Europe or Asia trying to get into the the human spirit. They were actually dealing with that, like spirituality, you know. And like I didn't always really get that. Like I kind of sometimes felt like I understood it, but it was such a vague thing. But I thought, wow, you never. I'm here. I am in Hollywood. I never talk hear anybody talking about like trying to do that. Like you know, how cool. But these guys, these these masters, were really trying to like get with their in their European like, way deal with uh, these issues. And like I said, I don't know if I'm like the chops to deal with it. But I sure as hell think it's interesting to kind of try to enter that territory in any way you can. So that was going through my mind. Like just like. Hell, so what? Nobody's doing. Why don't you try? Give it, give it, give everything you've got to see if you could get into this, your your approximation of what that word means to you. And Go, was your main uh, gig at the time writing screenplays? I was writing because, TV scripts. Okay, because there's a big component of that. Right. And, and the I guy wondered, Chuck. Right. So right. how does that how did that factor into? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I was the same time I was writing. I was I had some scripts and mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, um, that was going on, but th they were more. Um, they were they were more like. Like more commercial right. Joe scripts, because okay. that's what yeah. the character yeah. in the movie. It seems like he's doing kind of the normal thing, right? And, right. And uh, the, and the detective's trying to like pull him out away from that somehow, right? Well, yeah, I, I remember distinctly like there was a period when like beast movies were were big, you sure. know. And I had a, my friend Barry. Well, I remember him saying, "Joe, write a beast movie." You know, beast movies are really big, and you know, and I didn't. I thought about it, but then I was like, you know, that's just today. That's like mm -hmm. in another month or two, it's going to be old mm -hmm. news. You know, I'm right. not going to be one of those people that are always chasing the latest thing. I mean, but, you know, that pressure is on everybody. Everybody, right. like so many people do that. Fine. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't have to say about that, but I right. just couldn't do that. You know, but I, I did these other scripts that were certainly, they were very me. One of them got, you know, optioned by TriStore. I thought it was going to get made. Michael Keaton showed interest. And, you know, these things that, I have so many stories about that. <laughs> but since we're talking about trafficking, the only the other thing that's, that was sort of going through my mind was, um, um, so, you know, I could do whatever I want. And, oh, I remember, and this is going to sound, again, a little pretentious, but this is something that I remember thinking uh, and, and obsessing over. And I don't care how it winds up affecting the film, but I, I could tell you, this is where my mind was at. You asked me where my mind was at? Sure. I'm a big Kubrick fan, and I would think about, 
what's my favorite movie, and I would think about 2001 A Space Odyssey. I was reading about 2001 A Space Odyssey, and again, it's like this thing of like, here I am in Hollywood in, in the 90s, and I, I, can never, I can't imagine anyone sitting around thinking about making a film like this great film, which is like my favorite film. Like, nobody, and it's just like, it made me, oh God, if I wish, wish it was the 70s, and at least you wouldn't be laughed at even thinking about it. But, but I thought, shit, you know, like, I love that film, and I love the way when I first saw it, and maybe a couple times later, like that whole, you know, journey through the infinite thing. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even, I was like, what, where are we? What's going on? And like, I didn't even understand that, but I didn't care because I felt like this is so cool. I, I feel like there's a reality underneath this that's so stretching my, my brain and then it's gonna, it's gonna be in a different place. That quality, I felt like I want to do something that has that quality, that I don't care. Even if I don't understand exactly where it is, I bet you some part of me will be focused enough to kind of know what this is about and it'll and at, when the when the dust settles it'll it'll seem to me like it's gotten somewhere i feel like i had to go someplace like that if i wanted to try to reach these sort of outre heights and so i let myself just not even like someone what does it mean like i, I don't even i know it but i can't even articulate it I, I just feel like this is what it had to be do go for me to kind of make the type of film that i wanted to film make which is which is the state of mind encompassing all the stuff I told you about. So that's why it, it's a very weird film. It just it seems to be, I, I, wanted, I didn't care if it was, was going to be a thing where I don't understand what this, what's happening now as long as the feeling would, would still stick with you. Maybe you, know, you remember it or something would stick with you. And that was, to me, what I want, a resonance. So that's, that's it's a long answer to your question, but it's pretty sure. thorough. <laughs> so uh, given that you've had now 20 years to reflect, yeah. You know, you, you, you regaled us a little bit with uh, how you would do some personal screenings with small groups of people. Uh, I guess, you know, my question is, what what are you seeing people get out of the film, and what are you hoping people get out of the film? Well, I, I, first of all, I actually think the film is, is also a comedy. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's not just a comedy, but right. I, think, I, I think it's got some really funny stuff in it, and so I like when people laugh, you know, at certain points, obviously. It's not an obvious comedy like Mel Brooks, right, but so it's, it's certainly got but, it's got yeah. a dark it's comedy. Got that falling down, dark. I want people to just sort to of it. like, I, and I've gotten this. I mean, when I've invited people, I, I not always, but I, I tended to invite people I think might be, might get it. Or that's not true. I mean, they've brought people, but basically there have been people. Some people that just they don't really get it, and then other people say, "Oh my God, this is this is so intense," and I want to feel. I want to. I want them to feel that this. It is intense. Like this. Feel like you're you're getting into it. Like you're really. I want that. Like I like that in films when I'm, or even a book when I'm just sort of getting into something and then, um, I'm sort of overwhelmed by the feeling of it. And uh, I don't get that that much. Um, and there are certain films that totally always do that to me. And I wanted. That's why when I saw that I could put this on Vimeo and it could be on the small screen and it could be a private experience, I thought, ah, this was where it was meant to wind up because if you really stick with it, like let's, let's say people's attention span is like good now, but that's a big if, you know, but if it was, you know, and people could just sort of be with it in, a, in like for two hours straight sitting, then I think it would be like a really cool place that you come out of and you, you think, woof, you know, I just like this feeling of, Woof, like you've been, if you've ever had like a dark night of the soul or been through something and then come out the other end and 
little a little shaken like like but it's very internal I mean you know you don't have to go through a deliverance journey to have something like that you could just be sitting in your living room and you know smoke a joint and, and, and have that or something just the way the mind goes sometimes or something so I want that feeling of like geez like you know there's been some intense stuff that was roiling in this in this guy's head right. um, there's a lot of like there's a lot of this going on with it like did this really happen or did this really happen and my goal my feeling is like you have to kind of get to a point where that doesn't even matter you know what I'm talking about like, yeah. did he really kill someone did, was there really a mob guy if you get to the point where the mood is that that doesn't even matter as long as it was like sort of thought that's that's where you're where you're gold you know that's that's what I wanted that's why I didn't I actually took out a whole scene that made it very obvious that there was like mafia people out there yeah and I and I thought Did you take that out recently I took it out, no no I took, I it, out took it out during ago. the editing okay. because my editor thought, well, we, we all know there's mafia people. We don't have to show that. We, we know that. Everyone knows that already, so it, there's no need to show it. But that was a couple of days of shooting right there. Yeah. yeah. And You're so... Right. Yeah, it's a, it's just the intensity of that guy was really what, what drives that film, is, is his, his roller coaster of emotions. And yeah, basically this big weight is thrown in one scene from somebody else onto him, you know? And that sort of kicks off his sort of like unraveling you know um so talk a little bit about um how, you know you have a personal connection with jason simba who's the, the main founder of uh the Kew gardens festival of cinema i know he really wanted to bring you into this festival and screen this film uh that was very important to him to have this film play during our festival so tell me a little bit about your connection with jason and, and how you guys arranged getting this film here well, he saw a film that I made in Madrid. I brought a short film called Airport 2012 to Madrid, um, and that's how I met him. Um, that film is also on this uh, website that I'm going to... Oh, sure. did I, that, I didn't mention that before. I mentioned yeah, it. we okay. talked about it earlier. We could, we can, we'll, at the we'll, end, we'll, uh, but, we'll talk okay. about the website. But, where but basically, that's, 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 that, that's another story with that film right. about people sort of not getting it, sure. you know, and me sort of... I mean, it's just like a hilarious. That's another film where basically I totally made the film I want. I'm not going to go too much off on but I totally made the film I wanted. Um, and uh, and then like a lot of people, I'd say like, just didn't, just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was like, I, I don't get what there is not to get, you know. Um, but that's another story. But anyway, I'm not going to go on about that. But that's how I met Jason. I had a great time in Spain. I mean, I went to Toledo and Segovia. In in, Sego in Toledo, I thought that would be a great place to, f to film this Bosch script that I, I mentioned to you guys mm -hmm. before. Anyway, um, so so yeah, I mean basically, I've I've given stuff to Jason, like s scripts. I've, I'm writing this novel, and uh, I I was you know thinking about like I, I go crazy with unrealistic sometimes, and this would be a big project, to, but I was already, as I'm writing it, I'm seeing it as a movie, and I was sort of, Jason, what do you think, you know, like, maybe we go down to Florida, you know, because it's supposed to take place in LA, but like, I'm th as if like Florida would be so much cheaper than LA, I mean, it, it just, just, it's just be cheaper to get there, basically, but I, I don't know, um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've shown him, I've just, I've just, we have, a, we have a wonderful sort of artistic, creative, he's so upbeat he's like the most upbeat positive person i've ever met and i'm the opposite and i've needed him sometimes to kind of just like 
just just pep talk me because he's so up and right. so gung ho and I I'm like totally the opposite. I call all the time. So and you, that's you're living my in New York now. You're back in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. I came back in '97. And, uh, and, and so you can have some good relationship and talking with him more easily now that you're in New York. Um, great. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, you know why why did you think this was like when he asked you to show this film. You know, are you in Queens? Is this something that, like... I used to live in Queens. Okay. I used to live in Jackson Heights. Not anymore. In fact, when I moved back... But I just wanted to... <laughs> the prospect of having the film show in front of a, you know, an audience... I don't even know how this image I talked to you about, how it's going to look, the telecine on a bigger screen. Because I told you I, I thought that small screen, it looked phenomenal. Right. But this is going to be... The pixels might be... I mean, I don't know. But it'll be watchable. I'm going to make a little announcement. But just the idea it's very it's an honor I mean it's yeah. a film festival it's like very classy it's going to be at the Queens Museum I'm going to have my friend Barry there and that'll be he's a very interesting guy too I hope he doesn't do all the talking because he, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like he goes on and on and um, you know just I mean you know it's a closure to me this is a closure okay. I mean I got it there on the Vimeo thing and I have no idea who's going to watch it you know I see the count goes up I don't know but it's a very it's very anonymous like people right. might watch it but I don't know what, is, right, what the what reaction is here <laughs> it'll be after 20 years experience of in a theater right. this is the way it was supposed to it was always meant to be and never right. turned out ever one time and that's okay and I mean it's so long afterwards yeah. that it's like it's just it's almost like I'm so distant from it all. I'm, I'm very bemused by all of this, but it is a closure of something that I thought would never get that kind of closure. I was like, I was happy with, and I accepted it would be on Vimeo forever, as long as Vimeo website existed, and whoever sees it in their home, right. and I don't know who they are, and I'll never hear what they have to say about it. That's 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 that, and that's well, okay. It, it, I mean, it's going to be a very exciting just to be able to see that on a big screen, especially in such a historic location as as Flushing Meadow Park. And um, you said that when you used to show it in your home, mm -hmm. you'd supply the popcorn. So will you be doing that tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. It's not really a popcorn movie. Do you think it's a popcorn? It's not a popcorn. I mean, movie. I could it, eat, it, but I could eat popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Popcorn so, is there. Hey, I ate popcorn <laughs> during one buck the other night. This is like not a popcorn movie. If there was or ever wasn't one, I mean, it's like a slit your wrist movie, you know. So uh, tell me so a little bit. You, so you've got your website. We've got a lot of your artwork. Yeah. You said you're going to unlock the film for after the festival. Tell us what the website is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, the there. basic story of this website is I started to, I started drawing and, and, and painting, and I, and I started to put those up. But then I, put the, I just started an order of what I was doing. And so the early stuff is up there, which is not that good. And then I was going to continue it. And I've gotten way better. But then I decided, eh. You know, why don't you use the website to put um, this? I wrote a screenplay about Hieronymus Bosch, and I put that up there and on another page instead of like starting to put my later drawings. And then, I, latest one thing, I, I decided to put uh, these films that I made uh, uh, on Vimeo mm -hmm. and to link them, you know, right. onto the thing. So, this is film that I made uh, that Jason saw, Airport 2012. And, and then trafficking is also linkable to the, to, you know, it's a link to that, but it's right now password protected because of this festival. And, okay. But after the festival's over, I'll unlock that. Um, so, What's you know. What's the but, uh, address for the Oh, website? yeah, and it's a, a open G, it's a hyphen, open hyphen G dot U.S. 
Okay. And uh, when we uh, put up the show page, I'll throw a link. Thank you. So that people can go click and go, go directly there. Because uh, I'm looking forward to reading the Bosch script, personally. And, uh, That's a trip. That is fasten your seatbelt for that one. That I put everything pent up for years about thinking about the world and all the themes that I could get into exponentially. And it's like, it's a real ride. And um, I've got a Dutch director interested in this okay. script. I, I went to Europe. I don't know if we're running out of time. I, I, I went to Europe. It's a Europe, you know, my, my stuff is kind of more European. And even though it, it interestingly deals with American themes, interestingly, I think. But the, the style is, tends to want to be more European. This is like that. It's, a, it's about this, this painter that many people haven't even heard of, even though they have a poster of the Garden of Fleet Delights in the college dorm room, but right. they don't necessarily know who he is. So I went, I did this whole thing searching for a producer. I didn't find one, but I found a director. So I need a producer um, for this fantastic script that is very much about the moment we're in now in, in the world. The, the, the yeah. oligarchy that's approaching, the, the, the sense of impending chaos. It's, it's, it's my way of dealing with that, but through the eyes of a a visionary 16th century painter. It's really well, a trip. Hopefully the uh, the screening of traffic, trafficking will then get people to the website and then some producer may be looking and reading your script. So that would... Yeah. Right. So right. thank you yeah. guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I could talk with you for a yeah. couple more hours easily. You're a fascinating individual. You've had uh, some... Uh, some fun spots in your career, and uh, you know we're glad to be mm. part of your journey with trafficking. Yeah, you know, I appreciate to, it. To get it in front of the, the crowds and uh, welcome yeah. uh, to the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema. I'm looking okay. forward to seeing you. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you.